Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Polly and Brooke Paget. Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here today with us. You are listening to the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts, Elena Polly and Brooke Paget. We are back after the Christmas break and we are dying to know how everybody is feeling, how everybody is catching up. Are you still in that relaxed state? And 2022 is here. We are so excited. Yay. So I guess we're calling this season three, the start of season three of the Wags of SCI podcast. It's been, um, this is the start of our third year of doing the podcast. We're on episode 66 now. It's crazy. Um, Today we are going to be discussing some very big news that we have um, in our little bubble here between Elena and I. Um, Big, big news. And then we're also going to be discussing New Year's and New Year's resolutions or lack thereof and our thoughts on having New Year's resolutions and being in our position as WEGS of SCI and how we can make resolutions work and how we can make resolutions not work and just our thoughts on that. So we're super excited. Um, Stay tuned for the big, big news because we're going to be talking about that first. Um, But first, we want (laughs) to quickly introduce our title sponsor of the WEGS of SCI podcast. She has been there for us. She's believed in us since day one. Her name is Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law here in Vancouver. She is a Harvard speaking trained lawyer who works out of Vancouver, but she you know, deals with cases all over North America. She is a holistic lawyer, so she believes in a multifaceted approach and she can help you with your caregiving needs. She can help you with resources in your specific area. She has been so helpful to us. So we wanted to give mm-hmm. her a huge shout out, Wish Art Brain and Spine Law. Absolutely. Let's not forget that she was the first lawyer to successfully sue the CFL for concussions, which is also what makes her super badass. So as you guys know, we are always building our girl gang. If you feel that you want to be part of this gang, just send us an email to wagsofsei at gmail.com. And I mean, Robin's been a lifesaver. Most of you who are listening now have definitely gotten to know Robin, Robin Wishart have had many conversations with her over the phone or email because she's always around and always there for you. So once again, thanks so much, Robin. You are one badass human being who has always had our backs from day one. For sure. And if you want to get in touch with Robin, you can, of course, email us, as Elena said, or you can visit her website at brainandspinelaw.com, or you can Google Wish Our Brain and Spine Law. And just make sure that you mention that you heard about her from the Ways of SCI podcast. So getting back into our episode today, what is the big news that we're going to discuss? So something huge happened right before the Christmas break. And anybody who doesn't know already, we're going to share... Um, this little story about Elena and Dan's engagement. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay! Um, <laughs> so how so how did it happen for for everybody that that doesn't know your story? So you and Dan have been <laughs> together for how many years, and how long were you together before his accident? Oh, you mean you mean just in case you haven't heard me complain yes. publicly <laughs> <laughs> that it has been nine and a half years? <laughs> yeah. 
It's been almost a decade since Dan and I first started dating. Um, I guess I was 24. That gives away my age. But yeah, so we've been... Uh, yesterday was six years, actually. Yesterday was his injury anniversary. Oh, wow. I forgot. How is that? What you guys do for that? Anything? <laughs> we completely forgot. <laughs> oh, no. Seriously? That's, that's so funny. I've heard about that on the private group a lot of people being like, oh, yeah, it just went through by last week. We totally forgot. <laughs> Honestly, I've had a bit of a sniffle, as you can tell um, right now. I'm a little bit stuffed up. So I spent the day watching movies on the couch, and we just made dinner. And I said to Dan, what's the date today? He's like, oh, it's it's January 2nd. <laughs> so he was like, I guess uh, it ha- he was like six years ago today, my accident happened. So honestly, um, both Dan and I have never been special occasion people for the first few years of our relationship. We never really celebrated <clears throat> Valentine's Day or... Um, I guess like our anniversary, quote unquote, we would always just kind of, we would always just bypass it because we would just, you know, we just didn't really care that much. But as time went on and the years went by, I definitely was pressing a little bit, you know, his, both of his siblings are now married. They got engaged and married and they're younger than him. So then I guess what had happened was this or last December, he said to his dad, Oh wow, I better like get my shit together because both my siblings um, are now married and I'm still not engaged. And so at that time, I guess um, his dad said, you know, what about giving Elena my mom's ring? And so Dan had had this plan for an entire year. I had no idea. And of course I would still kind of like razz him a little bit and, and give him a hard time about that. So yeah, he had a plan for quite some time. He had this beautiful vintage ring cleaned and fixed up and it's just so sweet. And of course I'm a very sentimental person. So that meant a lot to me to be able to have something that is very old. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't even know. It's like 60 years old. Um, meant a lot to me. So what happened was we went away. We went to a place called Seashell here in on the off the island, sorry, off the coast of Vancouver, Vancouver Island um, in British Columbia. And it was completely beautiful. It was in the trees, in the forest, overlooking the ocean. There is nobody in sight. And this beautiful cabin was 100% accessible. It had a rolling shower. It had a grab bar for beside the toilet. The toilet was the right height. There was a cutout in the kitchen. There was a little island we could sit at. The dining room table was perfect size for a wheelchair to get underneath. The couch was amazing. It was stiff enough to be able to do a proper transfer with a sliding board. And the bed was low enough. So overall, we had a beautiful time and... The first night that we got there, we sort of bundled up and we wanted to sit outside listening to, it was pitch, pitch black. So we just wanted to sit outside and listen to all the animals that were around us. There was a mama bear with a couple of cubs that had made her little perch just right above the cabin. So she was around and tons of eagles just flying over top and you can hear them squawking and it was just really beautiful. So I said to Dan out of out of nowhere, (laughs) I said to him, you know, if our ancestors wanted to sort of 
speak to us and present themselves to us. This would be the most beautiful space. I feel like it would happen here. And then I started sort of doing my little dance around with my blankets, just swinging around as I twirled around in the rain and stuff. And, and uh, Dan, Dan uh, was sitting there and he was just enjoying his bourbon. And then I ran over and I said, I, I need to blow out all the candles and so I blew them all out and he was like, oh gosh, you know, I really wanted to see your face is what he said. <clears throat> so I said, oh, that's kind of sweet. So then I sat down and I, and I lit the candle again. And then we were both just took, took like a really deep breath and just smelt the air. And it was just so, so nice. And I said, oh, I thought you'd definitely pop the question. And then, and then he said, good guess. So he had the ring in his pocket of his pants and um, was all bundled up with a blanket around his legs, around his wheelchair, his legs, and the other blanket around his shoulders. And I guess he had managed to take the rain out in the box and open it up and was just sitting there waiting for the right moment. And I said, now I, now we joke. And I said, and of course I started screaming. I started crying and I said, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Oh, I was in tears. I was in tears. I was completely shocked. I was completely surprised. And yeah, I just couldn't believe it. Honestly, even though I made that joke, it's like I've, I've probably made that, you know, oh, I thought you popped the question, made, made that joke a million times over. So I had no idea. Um, so that was really nice. And um, yeah, that's how it happened. Oh, that's so cute. Um, so how, what do you think has changed since your since you and Dan kind of went through your rebirth after his accident. And um, like, I, I think like as SCI couples, we all have that kind of transition where we go from fight or flight all the time to something just changes where we start to move towards more healing. Um, how, how do you feel since that kind of happened to you guys? Um, I mean, I've spoken openly about this on um, a podcast. I think it was like, The first year that COVID hit, it was like a few months into like living life with COVID, which was really tough on us. Um, And we went through a really, really difficult time. Like actually a couple of times we went through a really difficult time where we, where I thought, I don't know if I can do this. And one of them being the first year of Dan's injury, when I was going to university, I had to get a job serving at nighttime and on the weekends and taking care of him in terms of like, when I say taking care of him, I mean like filling in for the shifts that home care wouldn't show up for. Or if he had like bowel accidents, I would have to leave work and come home and help him because, because home care wouldn't show up for like hours and hours. And it just felt so heartbreaking to think that he would be sitting there in his own like feces for hours. Like it just seemed so wrong, like inhumane. So at that point I left, I remember leaving work so, so many times that year, just picking up extra shifts and things for people that just weren't doing their job. Um, that year was hard. It was really, really hard on both of us. My commute to my university, um, was about an hour and a half, two hours each way. And I kind of felt like I was like spinning and I've said this before too. It it was like a tornado. (laughs) I would come and go. And for the first year, you know, like many people listening to this podcast can relate if you've been newly injured or, or if you met your partner, um, 
while you were or while you were together that your partner became injured it's really it's a huge adjust adjustment you're figuring out where you can live what's accessible for you who's in your circle in terms of friends and family because this injury does scare people away and it tests people to the core so that year you know he spent the year in a bit of a depression and he just wanted to sort of zone out and like Netflix binge and like do all that for that year. And I felt it was really, really hard for me because I wanted to sort of keep going with our lives and pick up as much as I could. But we, the truth is we spent many, many nights in tears and Ben and me trying to process what the accident that happened to us when we packed our bags to go away to Cuba on vacation. It's the last thing we thought would ever happen. You know, you have this beautiful, happy, happy moment. You're having the best time. And then it's like your worst nightmare. So that took us some time to process. It took us a few years. Um, And then when COVID hit, we canceled our home care. Again, I think the uncertainty of everything. We stayed with his parents for a couple months. We canceled home care for another three months while we were home. Um, We didn't have anything for him at home in terms of like physical exercise or anything set up we didn't have anything and it was just trying to figure things out again and living in a lot of fear and that tested us to the core we went through some really really dark days and I mean now in sort of a bit of like a retrospect I guess or like what have we learned from it those dark days were necessary because it pushes you into the next space that you're able to navigate when you're ready yeah, I feel so, I feel like this is really important to talk about because there's so many women and couples in our situation where they're going through those dark days right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we both have the same perspective on that when you say that, you know, these dark days were necessary. Um, like Ev and I have been through a lot of dark times together. But here's the thing. I firmly believe that unless you go through dark times, you don't appreciate or understand the good times and the um, phases of growth and, and appreciate the joy and love that can come out of those dark times. Like that, you know, we live in a, in a, in a polarized world. We live in a world of love versus fear, you know, and you have a choice every day to respond out of love or fear. And it's hard, especially when you're going through, you know, these situations, you know, some couples don't even have to face, you know, what we've faced in our relationships, but there's so much hope at the end of that. There's so much light at the end of the tunnel. If you just consciously say, listen, this is a dark time that we're going through right now and you stick Mm -hmm. to it and you process it and you work through it instead of avoiding it. Like a lot of people do. People think that avoiding your fear is the answer. They self-medicate. They avoid talking about things that scare them. They avoid even bringing up things that scare them within themselves because it's too scary. They think that if they bring up that stuff and if they look at that stuff and if they process that stuff, then it's just, it's, it's not good for you when in fact it's the actual opposite. And I think, you know, you're a testament to what actually happens when you start looking fear in the face and working through it instead of bypassing it and going around it, what it can do for your relationship and how you can actually grow to Mm -hmm. levels that you never thought were even possible. Right. Which I think that's such a huge silver lining of this injury. And it always makes me a little sad 
when people don't make it through through these times because it's like oh like you know and i'm sure there's a lot of reason for that like a lot of the times these couples break up because of stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the injury and that's totally fine but when these st- these things happen and they just can't make it through the tough times and they can't see the light it's just i want people to know that there always is a light you can always get there from the darkest of places right Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what is the famous quote by Robert Frost? The best way out is always through. And it's true because like you and I have talked about so, so many times, and especially recently, is these moments of challenge and um, the difficulty. Those are those are moments for opportunity, you know, and even if you go back a few steps, you have an opportunity to switch directions and take mm-hmm. another step forward, which is incredible. And I think that if you, we start to sort of look at life and the challenges that we have before us and that perspective, that anything that to you seems bad is an opportunity to change it for the good, mm-hmm. then that might be able to sort of reset our perspectives of life living in our relationships. And, you know, I mean, this is what this podcast is about. It's about relationships. It's never perfect. I think that another really great perspective to keep in mind is that, yeah, of course we, we show the highlight reels on our socials of our Instagram pages, you know, um, we show all the good stuff because we want people to believe that you can do it. But the reality is there are some really, really tough moments. And I'm not saying that the last six years have been easy because they have not, they've been really, 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 really hard, really challenging. Um, both my partner and I have very different perspectives in a lot of ways, but we accept each other with our differences. That's the difference, you know, is being able to say, and I, I believe this is true for all relationships is that you don't have to agree, but at least have a common ground to respect each other and love each other with our opposing views and our opposing values. And, um, I mean, I have lots of friends, you know, I I think you do too, that you just sort of say, okay, this is who you are. This is the way you are. This is the way you're coming to me and with me and being around me. And I'm okay with that. So with everything that's going on in the world, the division between people is sort of what we want to fight against and bring a lot of unity and just say, Hey man, it's been a hell of a couple of years. We've been in a pandemic, but hopefully soon it will be the endemic. (laughs) We've literally done most of this podcast during the pandemic. Like, it's crazy. Like, I remember we started, (laughs) like, only a matter of months, like, a couple of months before the pandemic. So we've done this pretty much entire thing, organizing guests and just, like, doing it via distance and stuff. But I wanted to say, like, back to your point about um, about division and how accepting people as they are, it's just... I feel like everything, the polarity that's been happening with the world over the past few years, even before the pandemic, you know, with the, the politics and the people being so against each other. I hope that people are getting sick of that. I hope people are seeing what's happening now and they're saying, wait a second, we don't need to blame people for what's happening. We don't need to blame ourselves. We need to come together. That's literally the only way that you can really fix anything is by accepting each other and their differences and coming together. And so like being able to practice that, cause it is practice, you know, we as humans, our egos want to prove that we're right. We want to prove that our way is the best way all the time, but being able to like 
overcome that, especially in our, you know, relationships, it gets magnified around you. And so like, yeah, I just, I know there's a lot of couples and women in our community that are going through some really, really rough times right now. And a lot of them have reached out to us and talked to us about some very personal things that they're overcoming right now. And it just really, really helps to know that like, you are not alone as much Mm -hmm. as you feel alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. The media has a great way of making you feel alone, (laughs) but everyone's going through their shit right now. Everybody, you know, even the people that don't want to come face to face with their shit, they're still going through it internally. And they're coming to a place where they're like, wow, do I need to uncover this within myself? Do I need to look this, you know, head on so I can work through it? Like that quote you were saying, right? Because it is the only way through fear and anxiety is through it. And, you know, I, I just, I love how, you know, there's, such a positive story at the end of the tunnel for, for you guys. And I know so many couples out there that have been through so much. And so congratulations on your engagement again. And I'm super excited Thank to celebrate you. with you this year. And hopefully, you know, you won't be banned from your wedding venue. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> bro. So yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> let's talk about shredded for the wedding. <laughs> let's oh, move it. Let's move into New Year's quote resolutions or how much we despise New Year's resolutions. And let's talk about yeah. like, you know, being in our situation as WAGs of SCI, how, um, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, everyone talks about self-care all year round. We tout self-care all the time because it's so important. You have to like go in, you have to work on yourself before you can help anybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. And so New Year's resolutions, there's this huge burst. Of, everybody's talking about setting intentions and setting New Year's resolutions. And I just wanted to bring this quote to the table or this, this, this caption from the holistic psychologist about mm-hmm. why you shouldn't have a new year's resolution and what you can do instead. She posted this the other day and I, I loved it. You liked it too. Yeah. So, no matter what messages are pushed in our culture or in our media, resist all urges to make quote, big resolutions. Your brain is not designed to keep them. We make New Year's resolutions with good intention, but without understanding the brain, we set ourselves up for failure. When we make resolutions that are too far off from our current habits, our brain feels like it's in danger. Resolutions like, I'll go to the gym every day when you've never been consistently, or I'll do a 30-minute meditation day uh, daily, or I'm going to lose 30 pounds, send the brain into fear mode because they're too far from our familiar life experience. True transformation takes place through small daily promises that you know you can 100% keep. Example, drink a glass of water every day, meditate for five minutes, wake up 10 minutes early, read five pages of your book daily, journal for five minutes. This will restore self-trust. And because the changes are small, the brain will not act as if it's in a threatening situation. And like, I read that and I was like, okay, there needs to be more people talking about this in positions like hers because... I, you and I have both seen firsthand what happens when you try and make drastic changes. You either self-sabotage and then you really start to self-shame, right? Or you do things too fast and your body just can't keep up. And it's just, you have that little voice inside of your head that says all or nothing, 
right? I know both of us have struggled with that in the past of like, you know, I need to go for jogs every day. And then you go for three days and your body's so tired that you stop and then you don't go again. And then you start, you know, eating your bonbons and then you say, okay, I'm going to start again next week. And it creates this cycle of like self-sabotage. So for me personally, what I decided last year was I said to myself, okay, I am going to do my yoga every day for 10 minutes, 10 minutes, but I'm going to stick to it for 10 minutes and then work up from there. Then after a few months of doing that, I started to like get urges to burn off some higher energy. Cause like I'm the type of person that when it comes to balance, I am on the higher energy spectrum. Like I have more energy to burn than I do um, to, to get balanced, I need to burn energy. That's just me personally. Right. And I've really learned that about myself. So I was, I got these urges to just go out and jog. And at the beginning I was like, Oh, I should jog for like 45 minutes. There's no point in doing anything less than that. And I silenced the voice in my mind. I said, no, this time <laughs> you're not doing that. Cause I like, I'm freaking 36. I have literally gone through so many different diets and workouts over my life. I'm sure we all have out there where it's like, you start something and you end it within a week and then you shame yourself. And this time, like, you know, I'm not going to do that. I am going to do the opposite of what my brain is telling me to do. I am going to jog for 10 minutes and then I'm going to you know, I'm going to set my watch for five minutes and then it's going to turn, I'm going to turn around and jog five minutes home. And that's all I'm going to do. And I'm going to wait until I'm used to that. And then I'm going to increase it. And it was so hard for me at first. Cause I was like, Oh my God, you're not doing enough. This is stupid. You're not going to be able to stick to this. Like you need to be doing more. What's wrong with you. The voices inside your head will literally make you feel like shit. <laughs> so uh, that's what I did last year. And I said to myself, I am yeah. going to go into the summer of 2022 and I'm going to feel confident, not just in my clothes, but in who I am inside. And I don't really give a shit what I look like. I want to just do this for health and I want to be consistent. And what does consistency means? It means starting slow. No matter how much you want to start fast, start slow. Mm -hmm. And no matter what your brain is telling you as to why you can't do something, why you can't jog for 10 minutes, do it anyways. And it's just like the difference I've found in that kind of adopting that mentality and just not listening to the voice in my head has been huge. Like, I feel like there, a lot of us have a battle between what our body says and what our mind says. And it's, uh, it's something that <laughs> for me has been super, super challenging. What, what are your, like, I know you and I are going to be doing something starting next week. Do you want to yes. tell our listeners about what we're doing for, <laughs> I guess you can call it a resolution. I like to think of it more as like a, testing our limits and pushing testing our, our body temperature. Yes. <laughs> so I think what we're going to be doing, we're supposed to start today, but like I said, I'm a little bit under the weather, so I don't want to completely destroy my immune system. Actually, it'd probably be really good for me, but <clears throat> Brooke and I are going to be doing the polar bear swims every what every Monday. So by swim, I mean, you know, getting into the water. So we go into the ocean water with our mittens and our hat on, and we're going to see how long we can stay in the water. And we're going to reset 
our minds and our bodies and just really challenge ourselves. I think the big thing here is to be able to sort of, like you said, fight those voices in your head. I mean, while also doing this safely. So in preparation for this, we have both purchased our water shoes that will make our walk into the freezing cold ocean a more pleasant one, I think, and a safe one. So we will keep you guys updated if you are also interested at all in the Wim Hof method of breathing and the cold showers or the little ocean dunks. um, Please join us. We would love to sort of have this as a leeway into our Wags of SCI 5K self-care run, which will be taking place on March 20th. So that's the Wags of SEI self-care 5K. It's been an incredible, incredible turnout. Last year was the first year we did it. We raised quite a bit of money for our couples for date nights, even for couples that needed some extra assistance when, you know, our, our goal is to be able to put you up for the weekend or help pay for repairs if you don't have any coverage or a minimum coverage, medical coverage. So we're doing really, really great things by getting our bodies moving, encouraging our caregivers, our WEGS of SEI, their friends, their families, come out, do something really great for you. Now the 5k, you don't have to sprint it. You can walk it. Whatever you do, just come out, get your body moving, and it will be virtual. So you can do it from the safety of your neighborhood without having to get together with a group of people if you don't want to. But definitely come join us. We would love to see everybody's Instagram posts and tags because, once again, this is so crucial to the mental health of our caregivers. So join us March 20th, 5 k.m. self-care walk run. Yeah, super exciting. And uh, what are you doing to prepare for the Wags of SCI self-care walk run? I am. (laughs) What New Year's resolutions are you planning on sabotaging? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just kidding. (laughs) I am going to be, well, right now, what am I doing? Um, I'm taking the January, the month of January off of wine or any alcohol in general. Who knows? I'm hoping it will last quite a bit longer. I haven't had any urges. I mean, we've both been drinking our pine needle tea to prepare our immunities, keep us strong. Um, And what I will be doing is is the Wim Hof self-care dunk into the ocean with Brooke Paget to prepare for this. And of course, just doing the little daily walks and not putting a whole heap of pressure on ourselves. Like what you're saying, that's such a big, big one for me. I know before um, COVID and before our gyms closed, you and I would go to the gym and then I would go ham for like two hours and then I probably would like get injured or something and like not go back for like a month. So I'm going to try to avoid that. And I I hope somebody else can relate to this and can join us on our journey. But how about you? What have you been doing for the past while to prepare? I just literally have been doing yoga every day, nothing longer than 25, 30 minutes. And um, then every second day, I'll go for a 30 minute jog, like at a slower pace and just like smell the flowers and like, just, uh, yeah, like I, there's a couple of hills in my roots that I just, 
I like to see how far I can make it up there without stopping. And like, I've just seen a lot of progress. And sometimes when I'm feeling like extra energy, I'll go like two days in a row, but that doesn't really happen very often. So it's just like every second day I'll do that, see how I feel. And then, you know, yoga afterwards to stretch and just like, really like, I think, And the cold showers, you've been doing the cold showers, you've been doing the Wim Hof breathing. Yeah, well, the Wim Hof breathing I've been doing for months now because um, of just like keeping my getting my lungs in better condition. And what I've started doing just like this past week, um, I've been doing the Wim Hof literally right before I go out the door on my run. And I've really, really found that it's helped with my endurance, like um, just exponentially. It's like a huge and I don't know why I never thought of it before. I was saying this to my brother over Christmas. I'm like, I don't know why I've never even thought of doing that before, but it's like such a good warm up. Like you're literally warming up your lungs and mm-hmm. it helps with a whole heap of other things too, which is like, you know, I think all of us need some regulation in our lives, especially in our role as, you know, caregivers and partners. And, you know, we have st- higher stress lifestyles and what this breathing does is this resets your, your nervous system, which is, it's so important. Um, and then as, as you progress further along, like, you know, it's kind of like Kundalini breathing in yoga where it's like, you get a reasonable amount of like natural high from it, which, you know, Evan was saying the other day is like, I don't understand why people aren't addicted to doing this. And I'm like, I don't get it either. I it's know. literally like taking MDNA. That's what it feels like. It like feels like, <laughs> no, it feels like you're like, it's just like a natural ecstasy, which, you know, you can achieve that in a lot of different ways, but this way is kind of what I'm doing right now. So if you get past the pass out zone, yeah, (laughs) you have, you have to keep going. You've got, you have to persevere. You won't pass out. Your body will, will be okay. Your brain will be okay. Well, you know, and you know what they say, we learned in a podcast the other day, I think it was the Huberman podcast, which highly recommended for anybody who likes the latest scientific studies and the guy's really awesome. He works at Stanford. Anyways, we always listen to the Huberman podcast every week. And he was talking about how um, that feeling when you're in the middle of holding of a breath hold, for those of you out there listening who do the this breathing, when you're in the middle of a breath hold and you get that like, it's almost like a panic feeling where your body is like, where it wants to breathe. That mm-hmm. apparently has been scientifically proven that that's your halfway point. So like most of us, after that, it's like a few seconds and then we breathe, right? We can't hold it any mm-hmm. longer. But apparently that is the halfway point of what your body can hold its breath for, which I thought was so interesting because I'm like, oh my God, I thought I was literally going to die. No, <laughs> it's crazy like what the body is capable of doing. And like, obviously you have to work up to this and obviously you do it safely and there's all these programs that you train your lungs to do it. You don't hold your breath for three minutes right off the bat. It's like not possible, but um, well, highly you know recommended. You know what is interesting about that? Remember when we were kids and like the old wives tale of like, if you hold your breath, you're killing your brain cells. So don't do it. Do you remember? Do you remember that? I remember that too. So um, when this sort of came up, I was thinking, I was like, well, I think, I hope I have more, more neurons firing, more brain cells being um, produced and created that if I kill a few, <laughs> then I'll be okay. Yeah. And they, they don't eat. That's just totally false. Like you have to hold your breath for like over three minutes without, um, being trained. And you know, there's stories of people that like hold their breath for 10 minutes. It's all about training your body. Like we have no idea what the body is capable of. Like we we're, mm-hmm. we're all superhumans hidden inside, you know, 
our bodies. Somewhere under there. Yeah. And you, and you know what? I can attest that Brooke's been jogging because I saw her the other day. I was... <laughs> I was very not lying. <laughs> I was like I was warmly driving in my car as she was jogging on the street because we live quite close to each other. So I thought Hong Kong. I was surprised you could hear me through your earphones. Ah, uh, yeah, they're they're soundproof, but they're not like they still keep the ambient sound so that you can hear if a car's gonna hit you or not. <laughs> but like <laughs> I, that was a really hard jog because there it snowed a ton Mm -hmm. in Vancouver. And, um, that was the only street I could jog down that had relatively clean sidewalks. The rest of the sidewalks in my neighborhood were like, you couldn't run on them. Like they were just like so snowy. Which is like a main vein through the entire city for anybody who doesn't know where we live. It wasn't, it wasn't the best jog. It wasn't the best air quality. That's for sure. I I was going to ask you, how'd you, how do you get through it without slipping and falling everywhere? But she did it. (laughs) You know what I find? I find that like when you're slow and steady and you're really um, like, it's almost like you're not bracing for a fall, but you're just being extra cautious with each step and you're really being mindful and aware. It almost like helps, like my legs were actually slightly more sore, which I thought was kind of cool. Cause I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like you're working different muscles trying mm-hmm. to keep yourself from slipping, which is, I don't, know, I don't know how safe that is, but I was running on salt. So it was, it was all right. But yeah, I think the point of this whole discussion is, is that whatever your resolutions are, don't stick to them. Do you <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. just know that you're not alone with this whole weird phenomenon of, you know, and I think that the reason why New Year's resolutions were, were created in Western society in the first place is to get, you know, obviously money, more people mm-hmm. signing up. A lot of money. Gyms and diets and cleanses and all that stuff. Well, like even that. think about going to this like clothing stores, like all, <clears throat> all of the big box clothing stores for athletic gear are making a killing yeah. right now. Yep. Right. Yeah. And like you said, yes, the cleanses, the diets, the fat diets, the keto diets, I mean, all within reason, of course, but you'll see the surge, especially through your Instagram and your social media feeds, you'll see the surge of a lot more weight loss programs coming through right now. So don't feel the pressure. No. You're, I think one important thing that I've learned this year, and I hope others can relate to this as well, is that wherever you are in your health and fitness journey is exactly where you need to be. Um, you know, your body and your brain have kept you alive this long and they are doing some really fascinating things to keep you breathing, to keep you processing, to keep, you alive. And I think there's a lot of gratitude that comes with that. And, and a big thing that's helped me this year is just to really be grateful for that. Be grateful that you're not disease ridden or you're able to go for walks or you're able to get out of bed because those might seem like a very simple thing, but those are, those are very, very incredibly um, important things to give a lot of gratitude to. So just, you know, have grace, do what you need to do. If you need to rest, if you need to order takeout, that's like totally fine. That's what you have to do for that day, right? There's no shame in in uh, giving yourself some rest and reset and rest and digest. That's what we say, rest and digest. So don't forget that those are equally important to getting up and going. And I, yeah, I love the gratitude thing. And you know, what really helped me is like, I feel so fortunate to be able to even be able to go on a jog. Like our partners, they can't, you know, my husband was snowed in for two days because he couldn't get out on the sidewalk. Like these are things that you have to be grateful for. Like, you know, I remember at the beginning of our journey with spinal cord injury, it took me years 
to not feel bad for wanting to go to the gym or wanting to like do something that he couldn't do. It was like, really, like, I felt so guilty. Like I was like, he can't do this. Um, why should I go out and parade around and be happy that I can do this? But it's like a little subtle shift where it's like, you have to be grateful for what your body is giving you. Just like our guys can find that gratitude again within themselves after working on it. And, you know, like finding that new motivation within them that didn't exist before because of this injury, like all of that is so important. So we're hoping that everybody goes into the new year with a shit ton of gratitude and um, be thankful for one another and know that you're not alone. If you're going through some hell right now, there's mm-hmm. so many people going through hell right now. Like, but it's all, like you said, Elena, it's all necessary. It's all going to bring us to a greater place where we have more awareness, where we have more compassion for ourselves, where, you know, we can, we can get through just that much more. And, you know, you're talking about the ice baths, like, you know, the purpose of that and all disciplines have this, whether it's martial arts or whether it's like running or weightlifting, it's about pushing your body a little bit further every day, pushing your body and training it that it doesn't need to be afraid and that, and showing it what it can do when you push it just a little bit farther, not too much, but just a little bit farther. I know there's this move in yoga where, um, it's, you sit on your feet basically. So like you sit, how do I describe this? I don't know the name for it. Um, but you sit on your knees and you put your feet under your butt and you put all of your weight over the balls of your feet and you basically sit on your toes. So you Mm -hmm. flex your toes and sit on them, if that makes sense. And you just basically sit in that for as long as you can. And it's, there's no real, of course it stretches your feet, but it hurts. Like it actually hurts. And the purpose of the pose is to bring more awareness to working through the pain working through the, wow, this hurts so much. I need to get off my feet and going through that. It builds that level of resilience where you're like, wow, I can really do anything. And it, after you do that for long enough, it's just like the ice baths, you know, it's the same thing. It's like you do that for long enough and your body starts to realize, wow, I am capable of more than I thought. It's just that little bit at a time pushing through it, not over pushing, you know, but pushing through it a little bit at a time and just slowly making sure your body is comfortable with that. And it's just like so rewarding. So yeah, we hope they always, they always say that your body will give up before your brain does. So make sure you exercise that muscle and keep going. Like you were saying, because your brain will keep going. Yeah. For sure. Well, uh, everybody out there today, we hope that you had a wonderful holiday. I know a lot of uh, your partners are in the hospital during the holidays out there. We we see you. We uh, we're there for you. Um, we want everybody to know that we're thinking about this community. We're thinking about all of you, whether you're isolated, whether you're sick, whether you're not, whether you're doing great. We all need to come together and support one another this year. And we're hoping that this year is going to be a little bit sunnier than last year (laughs) yeah absolutely and again thank you so much for spending this time with us today with your hosts elena polly and brooke paget and until next time love one another be kind to each other and we will talk to you soon cheers Cheers.